To know him thus is like to die, die to all vain misguided longings, to be through with selfish aspirations, soaring dreams of greatness, wealth, or fame, all foolish schemes to make yourself the solar center of your puny universe, absorbing love from everyone and giving love to none but to yourself alone. Once you've begun to know him truly, then the life you've known before him, you will more and more disown. And being dead to it, you find that you are more and more alive to him. Welcome to the Inverse Theology Project. This is volume 19, number six, Spiritual Theology, and I'm your host, T.M. Moore. Paul's great desire in life was to know Jesus Christ and to share in the fellowship of his suffering. The two, it seems, are inseparable. Knowing Jesus, being one with him, and thus increasingly identified with him, necessarily entails enduring trials, scorn, rejection, and opposition. If we really want to know Jesus, we must prepare ourselves for this as well. Here is part two of our two-part series entitled, To Know Him. Ah, but there is the suffering. Oh, not of course like his, but that which he has specially left for you, and which because you know him you've been to accept. The slights, the snide remarks, long hours invested serving others who your powers of patience try, the criticism of your work, the absence of some soul to love or comfort you when most you need it, all your dumb decisions, every stupid call or biting word you still regret, such things as these you look upon as sufferings, while others, for his sake, endure what we do not, the greater pains, the misery of persecution, loss, oppression, wrath, and violence. Some it's true must walk this path for Jesus' sake, but even that which we endure because of him is frequently more than we choose, and we regard each test as difficult as any of the rest, until we see him hanging there with you and me nearby and taunting him to do some miracle to save himself. But he endures the shame for wretches such as me and you. And this remembering, you embrace your momentary trial and in his face discover the humility and strength to persevere and go to any length he may require. And that is when you know this Jesus, really know him, when you show you know him, Savior, Keeper, Faithful Friend, Redeemer, Light at every tunnel's end and promise of a coming day, when our small trials will disappear before the power of his appearing. Power then we will know for life eternal. Yet he lives to show that power in us and through us even now in making all things new and showing how to love the undeserving, undertake the never undertaken task, or make things happen in our lives which only he could do. Such power comes to us full and free by his indwelling spirit who will show us Jesus in his word so that we know him speaking to us there. Then in his face, revealed in every line with power and grace, the glory of the Father will shine out, and bathing us with truth, disperse all doubt and fear, illuminate our soul, correct our sinful wayward thoughts and loves, direct our steps, renew our will, and set in place a fresh upwelling of transforming grace, sufficient for whatever lies ahead. Thus glory bathed, free from all doubt and dread, alert to every snare of self and sin, his presence vibrant, pulping deep within our being, and opening the spigot of his self-denying sacrifice and love, we go in him to walk the waves and shed the filthy rags we wore when we were dead in trespasses and sin, so that the life of Jesus in us fits us for the strife of each new day. 
and brings to light in all our words and deeds this one on whom we call for power to love our neighbor. He will be there as we need him, and we will know that we most surely know him as he works within and through us, overcoming self and sin to show himself in our world, a light in darkness, hope amid despair, the right next step for every step, that we may be like him and know him with us, full and free. To know him thus is like to die, die to all vain misguided longings, to be through with selfish aspirations, soaring dreams of greatness, wealth, or fame, all foolish schemes to make yourself the solar center of your puny universe, absorbing love from everyone and giving love to none but to yourself alone. Once you've begun to know him truly, then the life you've known before him you will more and more disown. And being dead to it, you find that you are more and more alive to him, a new life out of death, as he, in dying to destroy both sin and death, accomplished true life by his resurrection and bestows it freely on dead sinners, whom he owes but wrath and judgment. So then let us die his death, for it is foolish to deny the life he freely offers and prefer instead vain, baseless hopes. Can these confer the joy you long for, the lasting peace your soul requires? Let us therefore increase in dying daily to such vanities. Take up our cross and walk the path that frees us from the ways of sin and death and brings us as if born on unseen angels' wings into his life his presence, and his joy. There nothing can disturb, defeat, destroy, or threaten our security, or take us from that fountain where we slake all our desires and find refreshment for our thirsting souls, both now and evermore. We need not fear to die like this or dread the loss of trifles it incurs. Instead, we welcome daily immolation in the fires of grace that purge us of all sin. We fall upon the Spirit's sword, that it may penetrate our very being, split the bones and marrow of our soul, and fit us for our daily tasks and trials. We quit our old life happily and gain in place of it true life in him, full life of grace and truth and glory from the living God. No, once you've walked this path, once you have trod the way of Jesus, you will not look back. Your new course will define your daily tack and each next step, and by his death, alive at last, your soul will flourish Blossom, thrive, and know unceasing joy and pleasure. Such death all who know him gladly suffer. Much more, much to live in him. But all of this is but a foretaste of eternal bliss, and pointing forward, once the final grain of time has dropped, once wars have ceased, and pain and sorrow are extinguished, to that place where we see, will see this Jesus face to face, and seeing him be like him. What complete delight will we know then? What joy will greet and fill us as he smiles and utters those long-hoped-for words, well done, and clothes us with eternal glory, and secures us in that place where holiness endures uninterrupted and forever? Now we glimpse this day, straining to see somehow what even now is being readied for us, joyous life with him forevermore. Here fix we our most fascinating gaze, 
We strain the heart's eye that we might perchance obtain a clearer vision of him, reigning there in glorious splendor, might, and strength. We dare to reckon ourselves seated with him, from which vantage point we see things yet to come, and number all our days according to his new regime, that all we say and do at every moment might reflect this place of grace and glory, radiant with his face. Thus, what is it to know this Jesus? Is it not what every soul desires? Are his forgiveness, life, and coming glory not what every sentient being seeks or ought to seek? No other object satisfies our longings. No one else identifies and meets our every need by giving us himself. And when we look to him and trust his word, then in and by and through him, we our Father God and soul creator see. And through this Jesus we are drawn to rest within the Father's holy bosom, blessed and safe and loved unfailingly. So do you know this Jesus? Do you thus pursue him, die each day to live for him, for his advancing kingdom, draw each breath? And is the measure of your greatness, of your most high aspirations, that you long to boast of him and fill life with the fragrance of his holy, pure and satisfying love? If so, then, yes, you know this Jesus, and in knowing him, you shall forever stand. Lord Jesus, maker of creation, word and son of God, redeemer, savior, Lord and king, we worship you because we know you, and we know that you have loved us so that we might never have to live in fear. And when our sojourn has concluded here, your resurrection power, which now transforms us into your own image and conforms us to your pleasure, will deliver, keep, and bless us. Catch us up, Lord, in the sweep of your forever marching forward grace and bring us to your glorious waiting face where we, with you and like you, will abide forever in your presence by your side. That concludes Volume 19 of the Inverse Theology Project. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the wealth of resources available to help you grow in your walk with and work for the Lord. You can review all the previous issues of the Inverse Theology Project by going to the website, clicking the Resources tab, then clicking the Inverse Theology Masthead. Volume 20 of the Inverse Theology Project begins with the next installment of The Story, our blank verse rendering of the four Gospels blended into one narrative. Until then, for the Fellowship of Iowa and the Inverse Theology Project, this is T.M. Miller.